0: Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me. I'm SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual chat, also known as a conversation, with other hobby and passion podcasters to share their experience, knowledge, joy, and enthusiasm of podcasting. Once the live stream is over, I'm going to take the recorded files and I'm going to turn it into a podcast because that is what us podcasters do. Better Podcasting started in 2015 as a project by Stephen Jandrew and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcasts and make their existing projects better. That's why we called the show and the IP Better Podcasting. Thank you to Alexander Dahl from the Manifest Brutality podcast for joining me in the previous chat. You can check out Alex at www.manifestbrutality.com. Now, for the next few moments, I want to talk about my passion before we get to talking to other hobby podcasters. My passion is space. And a couple of notes happened in the last week for SpaceX and Boca Chica. Preparations are still underway for Starship's orbital flight tests in the next few weeks. Many have speculated March 11th, but no FAA launch license has been given yet. I was planning on going, but now I am back down to one car. So I don't know if I can do that. One car for the family, not just for me. Over on the NASA side of the house, preparations continue for a Crew-6 launch to the International Space Station. There was an aborted attempt launch Monday morning, February 26, 2023, at 1.55-ish a.m., and it was due to a ground system issue. So the next launch attempt will be no earlier than Thursday, March second, twenty 2023. Hopefully, I'll have an update on this event next episode. By the way, that launch is on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. In my other podcast activity on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., the agents and I came to the end of our X-Men the Animated Series rewatch from 1992, and that is on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 462. The Better Podcasting Live Chat Season 2 continues with Episode forty four, as we discussed a lot of podcasting items like the Zoom pod track P4, getting right to the point with the show, and my hopefully solved, but you never know if it really is, sound pad issue with my Rodecaster Pro 2. And finally, my new side gig slash moonlighting podcasting gig on the Strange New Worlds fancast continues as Shannon Jake and I cover the card final season three episodes. Basically, we're at is going on right now as I'm currently helping out three friends to keep that show going while Shannon continues to recover from a massive stroke that she had on Christmas Eve. Now, for the next hour, I'm chatting with a Babylon 5 for the first time podcast host, Jeff Aiken. Now, Jeff has worked as an executive manager in both the private and public sectors for over 20 years. Through his podcasting, Jeff has been able to combine his love for developing leaders, great music, faith, and incredible sci-fi. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. So, what
0: brings you our way?
1: Well, you know, I love to podcast, and I was sharing with this with you a little bit off mic, but you and Steven were a big part of my podcast journey. When I decided I wanted to dive into podcasting, the first thing I realized was uh I have to learn how to do this. And you were a really important part of my education. So I am, I'm a little bit fanboy right now, but also like, uh, just excited to be here and have this conversation with you. I'm excited to have a conversation
0: with you because by everything I've heard so far on your show, you've turned out to be a great podcaster. And I take no responsibility for w- that whatsoever. You've done that all on your own, man
1: all on my own head you had nothing to do with it nothing nothing you had a surprising amount to do and i think for people that are watching or listening to this like do your homework right find cool people get to know them and learn cool things because like this is a craft and it's a lot of fun when you know what you're doing it's even a lot of fun when you don't
0: (laughs) sometimes you even use glue guns with this craft
1: yeah yeah and duct tape a lot of prayers yeah
0: not a lie (laughs) So say you're in the grocery store and you happen to be listening to the show, your show on your phone, and somebody in line with you asks, you know, notice your phone and asks, hey, what do you listen to? How would you describe the Babylon 5 for the first time show to them?
1: It's literally, we are two veteran Star Trek podcasters. My co-host Brent and I both uh, have Star Trek podcasts on the side as well. So I'd say it's, we're two veteran Star Trek podcasters that happened to never watch Babylon 5. And it's the blind leading the blank through this epic, epic sci-fi series.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I was not able to be around a television when Babylon 5 was airing because I was decidedly out of the country. Let's just put it that way. And so I never got a chance to watch it. And I keep on meaning to go back and rewatch it. So you guys are watching it. Is it streaming somewhere?
1: It was. So it, God, isn't the streaming game like kind of a, like it's horrible. It's awful. so the whole thing started because it was on hbo max and i liked i'm one of those guys i like to have a background tv show going on the office is always a good go-to right for that yeah oh yeah babylon five well i'll do that as a background thing and i tweeted that out on my star trek podcast thing and it blew up like hundreds of thousands of impressions like i yeah like that's that of all the things i've ever put out on twitter right like my viral tweet was i'm watching babylon 5 <laughs> well so i said i said hey uh there's probably something to this and uh decided to put a podcast together to kind of pull me through it and so that's kind of how we dove in but they just took it off of hbo back in january so we had oh. to lay yeah we had to lay money down for this thing we had to uh, like buy it on itunes and itunes yeah. is
0: that the only place you can't get it on amazon or video or anybody
1: you can get it they it just got onto tubi uh, ah. here recently with ads with ad, got lots of commercials. Yeah. Yep. But on iTunes, it was super cheap for the entire, uh, the entire series. It was like 30 bucks. And so I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And it's just nice to be able to have it on my computer, have it on my phone, on my TV. If I want, it was pretty convenient for 30 bucks. I couldn't say no.
0: Yeah. I was watching Westworld, which is also an HBO thing. I got through the end of season two. And then like the next day, like that night I stayed up to get through season two. I forget what day it was, but I heard that it was leaving. So I was trying to roll through it. And the next day it was gone. I'm like, ah, I don't know what happened. So I haven't bought it anywhere because I've heard that Warner is trying to Warner brothers is trying to sell the streaming rights somewhere, whether yeah. it's to be Roku or somewhere. So I look forward to that. I don't look forward to uh, watching the ads while that's going, but it's not just HBO. Other places are doing the same thing like Netflix and stuff. Like uh, I just heard not curb your enthusiasm, but oh gosh, what's that other show that Netflix brought back uh, with the banana stand? There you can always oh, find. Oh, the
1: uh, Arrested Development.
0: Arrested Development. They're yeah. taking that off, including the seasons that were specifically produced for Netflix. Really? So, yeah, everybody's <sighs> looking for the almighty dollar right now in the streaming series. So in the streaming uh, networks, whatever, yeah. stream services, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, so you're doing that for Babylon Five, and since you got such a Outwelling of support on Twitter, I have to ask you, were you trying to was somebody trying to dox you or were you paying for promotion or this was literally the fan base out there that was craving this
1: It was literally the fan base like that was it. It was just I mean, the tweets were amazing. they're like finally you found this thing and people other people saying what? it's streaming? I haven't seen this in so long. I got to tell you, like I, I'm a sci-fi guy. if you're watching you know, I've got I have Star Trek tattoos up and down my arm. Love Star Wars. I haven't watched Stargate.
0: Huh. It was, you know, until, Don't spoil until it. other series came out. It was my favorite sci-fi series, ah. which is saying something. I mean, better than Battlestar Galactica, either one of them. Better than Star Trek The Next Generation. It was wow. easily the be- best one. And then The Expanse came along. I'm like, oh, well, I, I can't compare the two. The Expanse is definitely. But Stargate SG-1. Definitely easily one of the top sci fi series out there. If you're enjoying Babylon 5, I have a hunch you're going to enjoy Stargate SG1 when you get there.
1: Yeah, we're gonna, we're actually gonna watch that after we do Babylon 5. We're gonna do, so we're doing Babylon 5 for the first time and then we're gonna do Stargate and we're trying to figure out how to do it because apparently there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes.
0: Yeah, there's uh, 10 seasons of SG1 and I can't remember how many seasons of Atlantis and I think there was only two of universe, but yeah, you're talking 15, 17, 18 years, something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. So we're probably going to, I don't know, double up or do a couple drops a week or something on that one. But we also want to do Babylon five for the second time because we're almost at the end of the second season. And it's it so obvious. It's going to be an entirely different show. It's going to be kind of like Discovery's first season, right? Where like you watch it the first time and you're kind of like, I don't know what's happening and what's this and then you get the big gimme you know halfway through oh okay so it's this and then you watch it the second time and you're like oh I see what they're they tried to connect that and oh that's where the bottom fell out and it fell apart oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you finished that way there's just just uh with diehard truck fans, I gave discovery a chance I uh tolerate it it, i guess yeah. is the best way to say it now that there's butter trek on there that's that's what i'm watching but anyway we seriously digress anybody that's not a sci-fi fan is like
1: get to the podcasting right up. seriously
0: all right so in total how many other podcasts have you done
1: so i i have done one other podcast that goes out and then i do podcasts for hire So like sales organizations will hire me to talk to the, you know, go talk to vendor X, whatever, and do a sales interview thing. And so I do um, internal podcasts for those. And I've done done quite a few of those. I still do. There's one company that still do that, which is fantastic.
0: Whatever keeps the bills coming in. And you started this when you said you were listening to better podcasting when you started. So it had to have been 2015 or later.
1: So I started, we started, I started podcasting for real and earnest in like 2020 was when I released my first, like it was my pandemic project, right? Hey, I don't have a commute anymore. I can actually do this thing. I started doing the industrial ones for companies in 2019. It's because I was getting paid. But then when I did my, dove into my Star Trek podcast and kind of doing my own thing was 2020. And then Brett and I started this just this last May of 22 for the Babylon 5 podcast.
0: So this was interesting because you said you were using better podcasting to help you learn how to podcast. What gear did you use when you were starting out? Did you take our advice? Did you go somewhere else? Did, how did that work out when you first started?
1: It was a combination, of your advice, some other people. And really, so when the one I got paid for it, that was just really shooting in the dark. Hey, I'm going to get on a thing and I'm going to record you and me talking. It didn't have to be dressed up. It didn't need a lot of, uh, Production or flow. Literally, they wanted a file that they were feeding their salespeople that had information on it. Very easy. Since then, I've been able to learn how to like make it more valuable for them. But for my podcast, my Star Trek podcast, I went into a lot of the things that you talked about in better podcasting and other people talked about was so valuable, right? Like introduce the episode and get to the point. Go and, you know, have a structure to what you're doing in the whole thing. Have a high level, have a decent audio quality you know so i think what i really took away and has been a real guiding principle for me is podcasting whether it's on youtube or anywhere else is an audio experience right and so it should be pleasant you should use things like eq compression a deesser if you need you know i mean and it doesn't have to be wild or fancy but just for me it's just it really shows a lot of respect for the listener when i take a little bit of time just to make my voice listenable, you know, and not exhausting.
0: So is there a difference in your mind between listenable and pleasant?
1: Yes, there is. Pleasant for me, can I'll listen to a sleep meditation that's pleasant, right? That's going to put me to sleep as it slowly guides me down the waters and blah, blah. But listenable, I need to be able to actually hear what you're saying, be able to engage like I feel like listenable is where through an audio medium we can connect.
0: You can build that relationship, but you need to be understood, I guess, is I is that what you're getting at? Yeah. So would yeah. you put listenable above pleasant in terms of the audio quality? I would.
1: I think. I think. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, you've been podcasting for what, four years now? What wow. excites you to podcast these days?
1: So one, I like to talk, right? <laughs> It's a pretty important thing, but what really excites me and that I've I've learned for my for real podcast is that the community that you build, getting to know people and connect with people, have conversations with stuff that you would never have had before, right? I mean, you shared that you're working on a Picard season three podcast now and helping out, and that's excellent for you. and I. And I truly wish the best for your friend. That's awful. But you can watch picard any picard and have a lot of thoughts right and you can talk to your partner or your dog or whatever but when you get on a new podcast about it you're literally engaging with like this community and you can have some really cool conversations about it and like for me where i'm not so high on the picard series like i've got it actually i actually like discovery more than picard which says says a lot but I've had my mind changed by some people through the podcasting mm-hmm. that I do for it.
0: Mind change to Picard is better than what you thought it was, or mind change to discovery is better than Picard.
1: Uh, the Picard season three has the potential to be better than, uh, than discovery.
0: Potential. That's a good way to put it. They need to stick the landing. So yeah, I got that. So that the motivation that, Manipulation is probably a bad word, is, is through all through the podcasting community that you're involved in and that you listen to other podcasts.
1: Yeah, that and really just engaging. I think it really hit for me a couple, maybe two years ago as uh, I realized that podcasting by, like, by design is a one-way street, right? Like, it's just me, you and me, we're, we're just blowing sound into people's ears, you know, or whatever. But when you can tap in, whether it's through social media, through YouTube comments, through a discord, through whatever, when you can turn that into a two-way conversation, like that's what gets me excited. Like for the Babylon five things specifically, we'll put out, we put out our episodes Monday because that's what everybody does. You know, I mean, why, why, why not on Monday? But I know that when I wake up because I'm on the West coast, so I give like this nice three hour lead of people listening to it. I'm going to have a discord full of conversation, right? I'm going to have tweets coming at me. And it's just like, this is cool. This is exciting. We're, we're talking about this 30-year-old property in a way that I never thought. You know, if I watch this at home on HBO, just in the background, oh, yeah, that was cool. Okay, whatever. But instead, like, we're just having some really cool conversations and I'm meeting amazing people who have really deep personal connections to the show.
0: Yeah, they've definitely internal. A lot of people have internalized it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I would say that's my number one reason why I started podcasting. I've shared this story before and might've heard it before, but way back in the day, like in the 2007, eight timeframe, I was just searching for basically personal audio. I had satellite radio in my car. I was listening to ESPN radio, I was listening to blue collar comedy, you know, other comedy channels whatever and it's just it was fun for a while but it got old and i'm like i just want to talk about sci-fi so i started looking for satellite radio channels on sci-fi i started looking for forms online about sci-fi and there were some but i'm like i need that community connection oddly enough i'm a rocket scientist and i work with other rocket scientists and i was like the only sci-fi fan out of all of them i'm like really? why you guys don't I mean, they're like, yeah, but they just didn't want to talk about it or anything. I'm like, okay, you know, were you beaten as a child because you were talking about Star Wars in the in the recess parking lot, or what was going on? I don't know. But I, so I was looking for that community, and it was through podcasting that I found my initial community. And then when that podcast ended, I was like, oh, I need, I need this community. So I'm like, I, I need to start my own podcast. So I wanted to. I didn't care what it was about. It was was probably a mistake at the time i wanted to learn how to podcast and i wanted to be part of a community so i started a podcast first because the only two shows on at the time were continuum and then there was this new show coming out called voices defiance and i was like i really like continuum because i like the time travel variation of it and everything and that's what i wanted to do nobody wanted to do one for me so with me and i'm like okay well maybe maybe defiance and then I got a couple of people interested and I was able to start that podcast and then things just started rolling from there. But we did have a online community that we didn't have a dedicated forum or anything like that. It was Twitter back then Mm -hmm. that we had. So I would totally agree. That is why I started podcasting. And to this day with our discord server at better podcasting.com slash discord. That is the community that I self identify for better or for worse with. So yeah, I, I will come you know, just thinking about it I'll I'll completely agree with you there.
1: Yeah, I think cuz I I was even talking about this with my co-host Brent and how just I, I don't know, just one of the things Babylon 5 specifically has, I think a lot of sci-fi has is real international appeal, you know, and so on our Discord we've got people from all over the world and it's just neat to hear I don't know, just the stories that they have and the connections you can what what's similar what was very, you know, what's different in a thing? What, what was on the show that was, you know, culturally unfathomable to you at the time or whatever? And it's just a whole depth of stuff that you wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to get to otherwise. Pretty cool.
0: So I definitely hear the sweet dulcet tones of your voice, which means, A, you've got a great voice to begin with, great voice for voice productions, but you obviously have some really banging gear there. So can you describe what you're using?
1: I sure can. I love these. So I'm uh, I'm in a Shure SM7B right now. And for those on the YouTube, I'll even show I've got a custom little plate on the back for my Star Trek podcast, which is cool. One of the cool things you can do. I've got it going through one of the Rode uh, PS1. I think it's the PS1 arm. It's uh, very convenient. I'm running into a Rodecaster Pro, the original, uh, the OG Pro, which has worked very well for me. I'll tell you when I first got it, it was probably about $550 more than what I needed worth worth of cool stuff. But since doing the Babylon five thing, we've started taking a lot more advantage of the, uh, pools that it has. And then I have that running into an M one MacBook pro. And, uh, for my camera, I'm using my iPhone using the camo cam app, which, uh, is, is pretty, pretty cool. Taking
0: it in through India. I no doubt. So I've heard a lot of people talk about the custom plate on the back of different microphones. The SM7B is definitely one of them. How did you procure it? Did you order it? Did you self 3D print it? How did you come about it?
1: So I ordered it. I was on Reddit, which is never how a good story starts, right? (laughs) There it was. (laughs) I was on Reddit and I wasn't sure how I'd gotten there, how many days it had been. But, uh, someone had posted just a picture, Hey, I'm making these custom mic plates. If you want one, hit me up. And so I was like, Oh, that's super cool. They did it for like 18 bucks plus shipping. So it was like 22 bucks out a, out of pocket for the whole thing. I'm like, cool. And then even messed up on one, he had it angled a little bit differently. So I got two for the, for
0: the price of one. Cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So you're recording on the roadcaster pro or that is funneling into your Mac and recording on something
1: that's funneling into the Mac. And so like for Babylon five, we use Streamyard for what we record on. My co-host is in Florida, right? So we, we do that whole thing. We post to YouTube. So we pull down the video and I run that through descript mostly to get the transcript and the subtitles on it, which I'll tell you, you want a fun thing, run a sci-fi conversation through a transcript. Uh, You You might as well just type the whole thing yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I run a Marvel podcast and I've looked at the transcript that Google gives me on the YouTube video. I'm like, no, that's not, no, 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 no. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, not that's using not, this. Oh, can't,
1: can't say that. That is not <laughs> <laughs> the direction I want. Yeah. We run the script for the audio. I just pull down the files from Streamyard and and uh, run them through isotope RX 10. I've got right now just to do, um, you know, get rid of breaths and just do a little cleanup on it. And then I use logic pro is my DAW for editing. And I always tell people, they hear this and they're like, oh my God, that's so much. Like, that's got to cost. So- it, it, it is. That, that's, that's high-end stuff. I also do music production. As a, I used to do it. Prof- well, prof- I used to get paid to do it. Let me, let me say that. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say I did it professionally, but people gave me money to do it. And so I have tools that are much more powerful than are necessary for doing this work.
0: I will say if you're talking to hobby podcast, I'm old. So, and I've established in my career, I've got a few discretionary dollars. I can afford stuff like that with hobbies for myself. And I know other people can afford much, much more, but I also know that hobby podcasts or some of them are like straight out of high school into college and they're uh, recording in their dorm rooms or the library, wherever they can. So they're looking for the, like the cheapest thing. I'd say you can get a good 90% there using like free VSTs that you mm-hmm. can get online using free uh, DAWs or inexpensive DAWs like Audacity and Reaper, and use those effects that are inherent in the services themselves, as well as like the cheap or the inexpensive effects out there. You can do that. I have learned, I'm kind of an audio snob myself, so I've learned that running it through an RX suite and just ends up getting rid of the minute things that have bugged me over the course of more than 10 years of podcasting, producing, and editing. It just gets to me after a while, like mouth clicks or breaths or something like that. It's like, I get that it's natural to have them in, but I don't want to have them. I don't want to hear them. Take them out. And I don't want to manually spend 20 hours taking them
1: out. Each little one. Isn't that wild? How like, it's almost like you got to the top of the mountain when you start podcasting and then you can see everything. And then you never nothing ever sounds the same again. I can't, I can't like with mouth noises. I can't anymore.
0: Well, just simple things like audio etiquette. And I know like the pandemic has happened and everybody has learned this or supposedly, but not in my work, but we do have VTCs. We just had one today. And it just really bugs me that people on either end think that coughing right into the microphone or having a side conversation or thumping on the desk or Clicking a pen or whatever, I'm like, you know that they, they can hear that on the other side, and it annoys the crap out of them, so stop doing it. yeah, just don't. I've actually had started having audio etiquette meetings for the rest of my team, really? I'm like, okay, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna go over this. You know that thing you do when you're paging through your notebook right next to the microphone? No, you're not doing that again. You lay your sheets out on the table. I don't care. Take one note. Spend an hour getting ready beforehand. I don't care what you need to do, but you don't page right in front of the microphone. So, stuff like that, right? Yeah. I am an audio snob. I self admit it, but I also know on the other end, they greatly appreciate not having to discern exactly what you're trying to say. So, once a couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, we're going to. Take how many times they ask, what did we just say during this meeting? Because we had just did it like four months ago, right? And they're like, we're, we're going to do this again. Not one time. Not mm-hmm. one time. What? Time four months ago, like 20. This time, none. I'm like, success.
1: Right. I win. I
0: win. If you could have told yourself one thing to make it easier to start podcasting before you started in 2019, what would it have been?
1: That prep pays off. I'll never forget my very first, like, I'm going to record my own episode, right? My podcast, it's my creation. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to record it. And, and, I, and I do my Star Trek podcast, I still do it, it's still running, but it's just me. It's a solo thing that I do, and I put audio drops and clips from the episodes and stuff in there, so it's, it's a heavily produced one. But I was like, I just had these bullet points. And I was, I was like, I'm going to stand up because I've done, I've done some voice work before, and usually when you're in the studio, you're standing. So I'm like, I'm going to stand, do it right here, and just have my bullet points. And I can't listen to that episode. <laughs> like, I go back sometimes. I'm like, I wonder how. In like four seconds, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. I'm just rambling. And now, like, we will. So like for my Star Trek podcast, those run between thirty and forty minutes. The Babylon Five podcast usually around an hour sometimes we go longer sometimes a little shorter but hour ish is kind of our target and um yeah spend the time spend the time prepping it's going to sound better it's going to be better and then when you go go back to edit oh my gosh it's all it's all already laid out and i just have to go and kind of clean up a few things at that point it's everything is easier when you take the time to actually actually prepare
0: it's so difficult for me on our podcasting and I've had to take a, a large step back from this over the course of the last I don't know six nine months maybe even before that I'm a moderator if you didn't already know i'm a, a moderator on our podcasting I was asked to do that a few years ago and we have a team that does it one of us is always around we're not always around all of us all the time but one of us is around and through doing that I have to focus on the posts and I read all the posts and everything and one thing that got to me after a while and then i had to back away from it was that the people coming in there saying oh, i want to start a podcast and i just want to talk about stuff" oh, yeah and i just i just want to do it cuz i i don't know if they they're listening to radio and they think it's not produced or they're listen, listening to joe rogan and they think oh i could do that or something like that i suspect it's all of the above but in any case they think they can get into podcasting do that and then push it out and i just was very critical of those posts a while back i backed off on it and i backed off on it for the reason of well these guys they've never podcasted before yeah so they don't know how to do it so they could be doing it to just learn how they're going to self-identify to stop doing it after a while Mm -hmm. because they're not going to have an audience and they're not going to make any money out of it i don't know if One or both of those things are their real golden drive because they won't admit it, but it probably is. And they're just learning how. So if they learn how, they catch the bug and then they start asking, well, how can I get better? How can I get better? I guess that's a win for podcasting overall. It's just really tough watching these people try to start a podcast with no direction whatsoever. So you're saying preparation was kind of the key there. And I will agree with you. You have to do some sort of planning and preparation. You can overplan and prep, too, yes, but yeah. you have to do some of it. And I, I just feel sorry for the people that do it that way. I also feel sorry for the people that do it in gear that they clearly shouldn't be using for, <laughs> for broadcasting, and they will figure that out, too. But really, the preparation is the biggest thing. And uh, so I'm glad that you've, you've taken that lesson and you've run with it. You're like, that is the one thing that I would have told myself before I started podcasting that, that I would have taken forward.
1: I'm curious what you would go back and tell yourself.
0: What I would have told myself is to have fun on every single episode. That's what you're there for. If you're not having fun, you're not doing the right thing. And for the large part, I've had, had fun. There's been a a few weeks, and I'm like, oh my gosh, can't believe I gotta get to the microphone. But I I had the wrong mindset going into those episodes and those shows. And if I would have just had the mindset of, I wanna have fun, then I think it would have been better all the way around. Like if I would have found a way, even if the material was crap that we were covering, like a bad episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or some movie. That is clearly like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I just did a podcast a few months ago with TV's Travis and we covered the movie 12 monkeys. Okay. And I'd never seen it before, but Hey, yet I had seen the TV show. So I had fallen in love with the TV show, the movie, similar premise, but way different in execution. I'm like, this is like the worst movie ever for me because I'd fallen in love with the TV series. But I'd watched it and that was my opinion, but I'm like, nobody wants to hear that on the podcast unless you're like, you're a nice guy for like 200 episodes and you have an epic rant out of nowhere, then that's entertaining, right? And you go back to being a nice guy after that. But in this particular case, I'm like, you know, I, I just need to find some comical moments, some interesting ways to phrase stuff and, and have a discussion with the host. Travis clearly loved the film and we had a nice discussion and we were able to pull it out myself of before I started podcasting, I don't know if I would approach the conversation that way. So that's why I would have told myself, make sure you have fun in every episode.
1: Yeah. I like that. Cause one of the things that that's really guided me in the last couple of years is whenever I do anything podcast related, I want to do something I would listen to, you know what I mean? And so that means like go into everything and have fun. I've done some interviews or I've been interviewed before where a couple minutes in, you're just like, this is not working. <laughs> Where's the, where's the exit door? And there's usually not one. And so it's just, it's exactly that. Well, how can I pull some pieces out that make this fun? Hopefully for both of us, but at least for me, (laughs) because if I'm having fun, then the people that are tuning in to listen to me or who know me or whatever, they're going to have fun with it too.
0: Aside from having a viral tweet out of nowhere, what are some of the other ways you've used to grow your show?
1: So I, I, for Babylon five. This is so. Oh my gosh! This is the most wild story to me, and I I don't know this is replicatable for people, and that's why I feel bad kind of telling the story. I'm gonna tell you the story of literally tripping and falling down a hill, and then like landing in a pile of gold, because that's what's happened with the Babylon Five podcast. So I had the tweet go 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 big. Took us about three four weeks before we actually like okay we're good we know how we're gonna do this we're gonna get it out there, and so some of the momentum of that tweet died i tried oh i tried to go back like people who commented i'm like oh hey uh here's the link here's the oh you drown in things and people don't care anymore but the biggest thing that we did was we put it on youtube and it was a total like we use Streamyard, and Streamyard captures the video when you do it and so we were just going to capture the audio and just edit that and throw it out there and we're like, hey, you know, if we get 100, 150 people to listen to this thing, like it's Babylon 5, who's who's going to listen to this? You know, that will be great. It'll be fun for us and get us through it. We put it on YouTube and that was the magic sauce. For some reason, people wanted to watch two middle-aged dudes <laughs> talk about a 30-year-old show and the comments started coming in and then tweets started coming in from the things and we made it a point early on to respond to every single one of those. Now, that's become untenable. We can't keep that up anymore on youtube we get 1500 to 3000 views for every episode we're getting close to a thousand downloads for every episode of the audio i mean it it's wild how much it's grown we haven't paid any money for advertising we've done some ad swaps with other podcasts where we have a little 30 second and then uh and then we'll play their 30 second piece the Babylon 5 podcast community, we actually call ourselves the League of Non-Aligned Podcasts. And if you're into Babylon 5, that means something to you. It didn't to us early on, but now it does. But we'll actually every now and again come together about, I think it's like seven or eight different podcasts that come together and we'll do like one mega episode where we talk about a thing and all kind of highlight each other. But really the, the the thing that we've done for Babylon 5 is to just interact with the People that are listening and develop personal relationships that, you know, kind of matter. I found
0: a few channels, one of which is car related. So it's almost applicable, but not really, called um, Vice Grip Garage. Okay. So this guy started off in uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. He would take old cars, like dilapidated cars out of fields, out of snowbanks, and he would uh, make them drivable. And then he would send them on their way, sell them to somebody. He wouldn't keep them as projects. He wouldn't make them pristine. He would just save them from the rust acres sort of thing. He was very personable. He connected with everybody for a while and He is an example. I I have a few other examples that I could throw out there, but he's an example where eventually his audience got too big, where he was incapable of connecting with everybody. He used to have live chats, kind of like what we're doing here, but with his audience, not his regular content. And he'd bring out everybody up to speed of what was going on. He'd open fan mail and stuff like that. It's been a long time since he's done that, or at least since I know that he's done that. But he had to stop. Yet, there are still a lot of interactions that happen on his social media and on his YouTube channel. And obviously, what's happened is his wife initially, and then I think they hired somebody to come in and and have those interactions. I've I've seen that on other channels as well. When that skips over to that point, it becomes less personable. It becomes more about the content. Is it entertaining? Is it engaging? Because you can't make those relationships anymore. As a hobby podcaster, I think we uh, need to maintain those relationships first and foremost, because very, very few of us will get to the point where we will not be able to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's sad to me because you lose that one on one connection, which made the experience so great to begin with.
1: Yeah. On, on YouTube, we, like, there was this, this progression that kind of happened where we were commenting with everybody all the time and getting into threads and conversations. And it just grew too big and so we had to start choosing kind of like who we were engaging with and I, I made it a point to go in two or three days after an episode would drop and catch the people who were new or you know oh hey you're new this is great oh yeah cool comment oh yeah thanks for this we actually you know we we learned that thing about the show here later welcome to the community that's part of what prompted us to start our discord But it's a little more focused and people can actually at you, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, so this is an actual thing. We have a person who stepped up to moderate the discord for us, which was, oh, they are such a gift. Um, You know, they did all the discord magic that you do. I don't, I don't know. That
0: that. Mia that you talked about? Mia, yeah,
1: yeah. She is incredible. We had put out through our, I think it was on our YouTube. We had put out a post of just like, hey, does anybody this? And nia we'd been interacting with for a long time on both twitter and youtube and so when she came forward we'd, we had a call with her and got to know her and she what, said things i didn't understand because i don't know discord and i'm like oh yeah it sounds sounds right okay <laughs> yeah yeah you could do that yeah. yeah it's neat
0: it's neat yeah there's good things and bad things about that the bad things is if you if the, the people that come on board and, and start steering the community in a bad direction. You actually have to come in and take the reins. I have one author that I follow that he has allowed his community to be hijacked by a couple of strong-willed moderators and doesn't know how to regain the community other than basically underhandedly authorized other unofficial communities to pop up around oh. and, and have the discussions on one hand, it disperses your community on the other hand, at least to, It allows some to get away from the toxicity and the negativity of that
1: part of the community, which, how do you guys handle that? For the longest time, we were so naive. We're just like, oh, this community is so great, right? This isn't like the Star Wars fandom that would eat itself four seconds after they said the buffet closed. You know, it's just like, it's it's kind of the worst.
0: Suga, Suga. Suga. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's a Mandalorian reference for those that don't know.
1: It's a good one. But it, it, yeah, we're just. Like, this is so great. But they started creeping in, right? The and it kind of grew over time. And I remember, so I I work full time as as a manager. I've been a manager for a long time, and uh, and that's really the focus of my Star Trek podcast is the leadership lessons that we can learn through Star Trek. So I generally understand how to talk to people and do those things, you know, to, especially for moderators and things like that. But we went in and we basically. We gave people a chance. You know, we tried to live the message of Babylon 5 and not just shut people down. We tried to go in and say, hey, this wasn't cool, what you did. Happy to connect and talk about this one-on-one. And then they throw a little more garbage. And then we're just like, okay, well, you're done, right? We're going to remove you from the channel. We're going to block. We had to start doing some blocking. But we were were very transparent about it. We didn't name people. We weren't like, Stargate Pioneer came in here and said these things. And so we booted him. Instead, we were kind of more general, which isn't always a great management tactic, right? But we wanted people to understand what was happening. And people know, they know what's up, right? So we just say, hey, we've noticed some real toxicity here in the community. We've had to make the unfortunate choice to remove some of the people from our community. Hey, listen, these are kind of our ground rules. Do you have any other things you'd, you'd like to see? If you see things that are going on in our crate, reach out. You know, we can help out. And just, we really leaned on the community. To help kind of weed it out. And literally the next week when our video dropped, that comment section was a whole new place. Like it was just, it was so refreshing to go in there again. It's like, look at that. You take out the, no no person is garbage, but you take out the trash and, uh, you know, it cleans up and then people want to be there again. And then some more will come, but we'll be transparent about that when it happens.
0: And sometimes on YouTube, it's bots that come in and and everything. I'll give you an example over on the... Andrew Scott podcast, discord server. I'm also a moderator from way back when I just have never removed myself, but I, I do come in and moderate from time to time and they have very set steps that they will take from kicking and banning and stuff like that over there on, uh, how to get rid of somebody and then how do you delete all their posts and stuff like that. Uh, Just to get rid of it. So, some conversations stop making sense, but at the same time, you remove the toxicity that used to be there. So, completely understand that. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about your YouTube usage, since you obviously have broken some sort of algorithm to get really noticed by a lot of people, is did you do anything special? Did you use hashtags in a certain way? Did you use time codes? Did you not use time codes? What exactly are you doing on YouTube that you think is attributing to
1: your success? So we did nothing. So Brent, my co-host, has a little bit of a background with YouTube. He had a, or has a Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast that was wildly successful. He actually had credentials from the NFL. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I know. It's, you know, I got respect. He was, he was a fan before Tom Brady. He's going to be a fan after that's, that's real. Right.
0: Okay. Was he a fan when they were part of the NFC North?
1: Yes. In fact, we had, a, we were talking about that a little while ago. Cause I'm a Seahawks guy and, uh, I, I understand the NFC. I'm a lot more comfortable with the NFC. So he's, he's old school. Like he's, okay. well,
0: that is old school. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. He's, he's legit, you know, and, and he put together a great podcast, but YouTube was one of their, you know, big, so he, he understood some of the stuff. But when we started our podcast, I agreed like a moron that I'll take all the editing on. Like, I just want to do this. I just need to co-host. We've since uh reevaluated the distribution of duties uh since then, but I didn't know anything about YouTube. So literally I was uploading a video, I was titling it, the name of the episode, our name, and the episode title, and then I, basically what I had in my show notes for the audio. I was just replicating what was there. And then he came in because we started I remember we would text each other and we're like, oh my gosh, 180 people watched this. And then next week, oh my gosh, 340 people. Like it was doubling week after week for this little period. it's like, oh my, and he's like, I gotta go in and clean up your YouTube. <laughs> so we went in and one of the things we do is we do use tags in, and I, a lot of people tell you to not use them. I'm not here telling you to use them. All I know is we started using them and we started seeing more growth.
0: How many do you use? Do you put them on the top or the bottom of the show notes?
1: So we put them in the tags section in okay. YouTube. Yeah, so what you see, we actually recently Warner Brothers got pretty draconian in their copyright rules as they were in that whole discovery buyout the stuff that was going on with HBO and Warner and and Discovery and they were shutting I mean we we got copyright notices every week. And so and we weren't even like we weren't even using material from it just it was the name kind of a thing and their reaction videos right that show the stuff that we were getting shut down and so we Changed our verbiage and we use some of that boilerplate, you know, fair use stuff that you see out there and whatever. So it's our our notes in there are pretty lengthy, but they're very much, hey, this is all like we're just doing commentary on a thing. And it's cool with a little blurb at the top that talks about what we're talking about. So you don't have to see all that stuff in the when you're setting the video up and uploading it. We do tags. We do quite a few. I think you can fit like 50 or something in there. I don't even know, but we hit almost all of them. And Brent is really good about going in, in the YouTube analytics, you can see what people search and they land on you. And so we've been trying to like pull some of those into our tags. And then we put decent thumbnails up. Like we try, like it's fun watching like what we did in the first season. And then what we're doing now in the second season. And we're setting up now for the third season that starts here. And I think, I think next month we start into the third season. We have a new format for the thumbnails, but the thumbnails I think are a pretty important thing as well i say that and there's like some some of them do nothing and they have like massive view counts so it's like i'm not an expert in any way like again we fell down a hill and happened to hit something pretty good with this one did
0: you do anything special for promotion no okay yeah content is king
1: apparently well some sometimes sometimes it is i think you know what what, when when we talk about it and i reflect on it i think part of it is just hitting a content-starved fandom. When we decided to start the podcast, we we did that prerequisite search, right? Go to Apple Podcasts and say search your thing and see how many things come up and what the what the niche kind of looks like. And there were six six podcasts. None of them were were active, and we were like, "Sweet!"
0: Yeah, that was the one of the big things with Defiance. There were. There was two other podcasts. One had done like two episodes, three episodes, and quit. The other one did like a season, season and a half, and then quit. I don't know why they quit. Actually, we did a combined episode with them at one point, but they quit. So at the end, it was just us, and we got all the fans coming to just us. Mm -hmm. There wasn't that many fans. It wasn't like it was Game of Thrones or anything. But it was a big sci-fi show at the time. It was their premier show, so we got a lot of, of people coming in. On that, and at the end, we were able to uh, interview the showrunner, mm. and that was amazing because he was able to come in and say what his vision was going forward if he was going to get another season, and how would you go forward from this? Because it 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 ended, but it didn't officially, you know, like definitively rat. end. You could see it going out. There were going to kill a couple of characters off in the final couple episodes, but sci-fi came back to no, don't do this. Don't do this. So they didn't. And that left the door open. So we're like, okay, where would this have gone? And the guy came on and he was telling us all that. And because of that, to this day, our podcast episode, which is still available is the only place where you can find that from quote unquote, the horse's mouth. So it was a case where I'm not sure why there were only three podcasts on it at the time. I haven't checked to see if, There has been rewatch podcasts on it or or whatever, but we got to interview most of the cast and the crew. We definitely got the showrunner at the end. So finding that starved fandom, so to speak, is definitely a key. Like I have a Marvel podcast. It was one of the first Marvel podcasts on the MCU, not the first Marvel podcast, but it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. focused podcast. It was one of the first podcasts on it. Because of that, we had a lot of audience from the beginning. And since then, of course, there's hundreds of Marvel fan podcasts. So it's a little bit more difficult to get that lightning in a bottle traction. So from those two perspectives, I will say, if you can find something you're passionate about, then not a lot of other people are talking about. And your key is to have a large audience. That's one of your goals, which I that doesn't necessarily have to be a goal. But if that is one of your goals, I think you need that combination because you're not going to jump into... Like, if you were today to start a Marvel podcast, you'd probably bring along a lot of your audience from your Babylon 5 mm-hmm. fandom, but they'd peter out after a while, and you wouldn't really get a lot of new people, because, like I said, there's hundreds of other podcasts out there, so it's, you'd have to decide to do something else, some some other things I, I would say mr rogers podcast but i'm sure there's got to be a dozen of those out there there's so
1: too. much of everything like it's it's wild like for my star trek podcast that was the exercise i went through is what podcast do i want to do and the first thing i wanted to do was a star trek podcast and i looked and i'm like yeah the world doesn't need another one we're good like that box is checked they're out there leadership let me look at that oh my gosh tony robbins has a podcast they're good like right, here you go and it was it was a meeting I had where, I mean, you've had this meeting, I'm sure, where you're like, didn't we already talk about this? Didn't we already make these decisions? Why are we? And I, I, I freaked out, and I was like, I want meetings like Captain Kirk has meetings. Like, what's going on? And that's where I realized, oh, I can combine these two things, Star Trek and leadership. And I think kind of to that earlier point you were making around like, we're just going to be a couple dudes talking about stuff. Like, I got my thing niched down so low where it's like, I'm talking to managers who like star Trek and want to learn from captain Picard. Like that's my audience on the star Trek side. And it's been very successful for that.
0: Yeah. We've got a podcast on the network now called capes on the couch. And there's billions of comic book podcasts out there. What they do is they approach the comics from a mental health aspect. Oh, wow. And one of the hosts is actually a, a psychologist and he doesn't use his real name, but they do a play session at the end. It's scripted of what it would be like with the comic book character in a session, because all these comic book characters definitely need therapy, right? So they go through that and that aspect of it, there's a couple of shows out there that do it, but they're very, they're all very unique in what they do. Mm -hmm. So that's another example of a niche where, There's hundreds, and maybe even thousands of podcasts on comic books, yet this one talks about the mental health aspects of it, too, like your Star Trek one does for leadership. You were telling me before one of the keys of starting a podcast is you actually were thoughtful about the process. Do you want to bring the audience through what process that you followed?
1: Yeah. So, hey, let's start a podcast. Right? I feel like there's a TV series that uh, recently started with that, that phrase, right? Let's start a podcast, and then only good things happen. So after I found Brent to be my co-host for this, we talked about what it was going to look like, and we talked about what are our goals. Step one, what are we doing this for? And our primary goals, two, one was to watch the show. We need something to pull us through watching the show. Two, we want to build a community you know, around doing it and have people to nerd out about our TV show. But then we realized we need a format to our show that's going to pull us through each episode, right? So how are we going to break this down? What are we going to talk about? How are we going to talk about it? And in that, we found that our background is Star Trek, and that's where our audiences are generally from. So that's why we branded ourselves Babylon 5 for the first time, not a Star Trek podcast. We're like, let's just be really clear about it. Also, for what it's worth, let's try and suck down some of that sweet SEO from people looking at Star Trek in the, in the, uh, in the apps. But what does that mean to be not a Star Trek podcast? Well, we didn't know at that point. It was just, let's have the title. And that'll be funny. We'll have kind of a format where we do a little recap, we give our thoughts, and then maybe we do a thing. So the big step we took here is we recorded three episodes. We just got together, went on mic. Followed the format, we watched the shows, we took our notes, but we never released them. We had no intent of releasing them. In fact, this was our go, no-go, is we took those three and each one of us sent them to 10 people that we knew who either were rabid podcast listeners or were in the podcast space producing them and said, hey, rip it up. Tell us what works. Tell us what doesn't work. Tell us what you wish you would have heard. And you know, just give us a really honest assessment of this, and most people did. some people were like, "Oh, it's great, good job well, okay, cool i'm not gonna not gonna ask you about the next one." But some people ripped it apart. In fact, some of the best feedback we got was, "You say it's not a Star Trek podcast, but you literally only talked about Star trek the whole it was it was Star Trek for the first time, not a Babylon Five podcast, essentially, and so then we retooled it. We came up with our game. we play the Rule of Three, where we can only make three references to Star trek and it had fun with it, like we were talking about earlier. We had fun with it, and then we rolled it back to them and said, "Hey, is this more of what you know like oh yeah. and that's when we we rolled out so we were planful in like putting together a format, we went and got feedback and then and then we applied that feedback it went from there and then and that's an ongoing process we have a We've done it twice now as we're getting ready to go into the third season, but we're going to, at each season break, there's five seasons of Babylon 5, at each break we're going to retool parts of it, right? Some of it will be aesthetics that we do, we're going to change up the theme music, you know, or just different different steps to give each season kind of its own, um, own taste. But yet yeah, anybody who's talking about or thinking about starting a podcast, like, God, you gotta know what the why you're doing it, you know, and what why you're doing it and what it is that you're you're doing. I think it was was it Eric Newsom in Make Noise. He said you should be able to describe your podcast in 10 words or less.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Some yeah, that's a great exercise. I've done it. It's hard. But if you're if you're having trouble niching down, like that's a great way to do that. We didn't we didn't do that for Babylon 5, but that concept of like how do we put it in a bottle? I think it's
0: valuable advice, but I also think it's valuable advice that's most appropriate to somebody that's like a business podcaster and is trying to make money and Mm. is really trying to get the most value out of it. If you're doing it just for fun as a hobbyist, you might not need to take that step. However, if the podcast is not meeting your expectations, then you have to ask yourself, what are your expectations? Yeah. Like on the, our podcasting subreddit, you constantly read posts of, okay, I've been doing this for a year, two years, three years. What, what, why am I not growing? What, what am I doing wrong? I have 20 listeners. I'm grateful for them, but they never talk to me. And I, I just, I feel like I'm talking into a vacuum or something like that. It's like, okay, that tells you a whole lot right there. You might not want to hear it, but it tells you a whole lot. So what, what do you, why did you start the podcast? Well, I started the top podcast to talk to 20 people. Has that changed? No. Has it really changed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So n- now you have other expectations and you have to retool to meet those expectations. And in some cases it's, you need to stop doing that show and you need to start doing another show to exactly. move on. I like how you did seasons. I know you're doing seasons because the show has seasons, mm-hmm. but I like how you're doing seasons because it gives you a natural break in order to retool and uh, possibly, you know, uh, refresh yourself and re-energize that sort of thing. So I, I do like that part of it too. I like everything that you did there. It's like you were listening to some advice given to you by somebody. Isn't
1: that weird? It's weird what happens when you listen to really good advice from people who've been there before you. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's right. That's right. So talking about advice and industry, Eric Newsom, do you have any gripes with the general podcast industry? You sound like you've been entwined
1: in it a little bit. So uh, do you have any gripes, anything that you'd like to change? You know what I want to change? If I could change one thing stop with all the interview podcasts (laughs) and i say that on an interview or chat right now right this is a chat not an interview
0: make me feel about this spot
1: (laughs) no but i I, i'm really so for me as as a manager you know it's really in that business space where it's just like i heard the dude talk like it's fine i don't need it i could i mean i i don't want to bag on the industry but here's where i will bag on the industry a little bit we're in that weird spot i think where it used to be the wild west And there were really cool things in the Wild West. There were a lot of not great things in the Wild West. But now we've got like big Spotify, iHeart. You know, we got these big people coming in. And those of us who work, okay, I'll tell you a story. (laughs) In the Star Trek space, I'm not going to throw any specific individual under the bus. I'll be really careful. But a lot of the actors from Star Trek have now started. William Shatner. Yeah, I know. He doesn't have a podcast. I will throw him under the bus, so he'll never hear what I say. So it's probably
0: Yeah, that's fine. right. He is, isn't he the one that said, I will never be on a, a, anybody else's podcast. He was on somebody else's podcast just as a personal favor. Mm-hmm. Like he knew them personally, but that was it.
1: That was it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, no, but quite a few of them have started their own podcast. Some of them are rewatch. Some are this, whatever. Good for them. That's great. I had the opportunity to partner with another bigger Star Trek podcast and have some of those actors on. And we did a quiz show. So I was quiz master, and we're going to do the Star Trek actors versus the Star Trek podcasters. And it was going to be great. Dude gets on the thing and he just looks at us and he's like, I don't even know why I'm here. This is dumb. I don't know anything about the show. I watched like six episodes. Like he just told us that whole never meet your heroes kind of a situation. So there's a whole thing there. But what bothered me was that then he's going to go leave our little call and go into his studio. And go talk about Star Trek, and get ten to twenty hundred thousand times the listeners. Those of us who are here, like, really working hard, you know, to create a thing. And I mean, here I, I'm just whining out into the void about like it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. But I think I think things are changing. You know, we're seeing a lot of those kind of celebrity-led podcasts fizzle and go away because they don't have the substance that a lot of us hobbyists out there have because we. Care, right? Like, we love these properties. We love the things we're talking about and we really care about them.
0: Yeah. And there's celebrities that have, or people that have been involved in the projects that are are really good, like tying that guy over on the expanse. Mm -hmm. That's a really good podcast. It's entertaining. They know what they're talking about. They really love the industry as a whole and they love producing everything. And that's a fun one to listen to. But if I would listen to, a podcast i've heard some of their their co-stars and whatever on introspective interviews and even interviews on that show and i'm like you would not be a good host no <laughs> you would no! Just, no i do not want to hear you just be you're not as a person you're not engaging and i need somebody that's engaging as a host so okay yeah okay never meet your heroes or the in the industry is changing so And just be engaging and entertaining and provide value. And and that's, that's good, right? Yeah.
1: You'll be fine. It'll all be good.
0: Yeah. So you've been podcasting for four years. You must've had a lot of fun moments or great moments. If you had to choose one, it doesn't have to be your favorite. It doesn't have to be the one, just the one that pops your mind right now. What is one favorite moment of your shows over the time that you've been doing it?
1: I think for me, it was when Wilson Cruz, right? Who plays Hugh Culber on discovery. I think it was when he responded to one of my tweets, thanking me for what I was doing. Nice. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, thanks. That's awesome. I hate your show. Um, but I really appreciate you as a person and an actor. So thank you for listening (laughs) to my show. I think it was just that moment where I realized that like the people in that in that property are like, there are people there who know that my show exists and are getting value out of it. That was a really cool moment.
0: Yeah. Not, not to do an end here, but you just reminded me of, I had two very similar experiences, one on the voices of defiance and one on Starling Tribune. In both cases, somebody very important to both those shows started talking to us back channel and just became kind of Fred to this day. I can DM those individuals on Twitter that's and so cool. we, we can still have a conversation. So yeah, that's great. It, it's awesome when it happens. Sometimes they want to be anonymous. Like mm-hmm. you can't say that we're talking. Sometimes they're like, yeah, I don't care. Go ahead. I love your show. You tell everybody I love your show. So you can get both, but yeah, that that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, like it's that fun.
1: It's, it's It's validating if nothing else.
0: All right. I don't want to take up any more of your time. This has been great conversation. Love to do it again sometime. But uh, hey, thanks for joining me in the chat. Where's the best place for people to find you these days?
1: You can get us at Babylon5first.com. That's the number five and the word first.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all the places at Jeff T. Aiken.
0: All right. Well, thank you again for showing up here and hope to have you again sometime.
1: Thank you so much. It was great.
0: All right. And thank you for spending your time with Jeff and me over the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe to the Better Podcasting YouTube channel. Like this video, ring that bell, whatever all that does. Or if you happen to be listening on your favorite podcatcher app of choice, go ahead, give us a follow or subscribe, whatever it says on there. Steven and I would greatly appreciate it since we're both involved in better podcasting. For this show, Better Podcasting Chats with SP, next week, I'm going to be connecting with Daniel Smith from the Coffee and Space podcast. I'm really excited about that because what he does is interviews sci-fi authors, and he's interviewed some of my favorite sci-fi authors. So that's just going to be a fun personal chat for me. And I know because he's talked to a lot of people in that industry, he's going to have a lot of great advice for everybody. In the meantime, join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find both Steven and myself there every day. See everybody next time. Bye.